This is BPN Radio, your 24-hour Internet prayer station with Dale Gentry and friends. Calling America to pray. A member of the Breakout Prayer Network. Let's pray, America. It's time now for the Warriors Watch with Pastor Callie Hargraves here on BPN Radio. Second Chronicles 23.6 says, And all the people shall keep the watch of the Lord. Now, here's your host for the Warriors Watch, my friend, Callie Hargraves. Hope you're doing great. This is Pastor Callie at Warrior Watch, and I'm so excited about what God is doing across America through the church of the living God. You know, I believe that God is raising up men and women across this nation to preach the gospel in every sphere, in every uh, social economic class, in every industry. Um, you know, the church is not just relegated to the four walls, but we are literally called to go out into the highways and byways into the different spheres of influence and be the gospel. And today I have a wonderful man of God by the name of Kyle Wallace. Um, he is a personal friend, like family to our family, and he's a pastor's son. He's an amazing dad. He's an amazing husband. He's an amazing provider, a businessman. And he has just, you know, lived his life uh, serving God and really seeking the will of God. And he has a testimony that I just know you're going to connect with today, especially if you're in a place where you feel like God is calling you into something that might be a little different, that might not, might be out of the box. And he's going to talk about building your circle today. And I, Kyle, I'm so excited about having you here. Thank you for being with me today. No problem. I'm, I'm, so excited about this. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're you're welcome. I want you to just, first of all, start with your testimony. We're going to talk about building your circle and give people strategies, but I want you to just give us, you know, talk to us about your family and your testimony and kind of how you got to this place. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I am one of the luckiest men alive. I have a beautiful wife, married my uh, my high school sweetheart. Her name is Casey. And um, she is extremely talented, and um, I tell people often I'm married way up, married wow. way out of my league. You, so, she, you uh, did, and she did too. Y'all are y'all are amazing. Well, she's she's uh, she actually she just holds everything together in our family. So uh, we have three amazing kids. Uh, Levi's our oldest; he'll be six here in about two weeks. And then my uh, my Ellie, who's my little firecracker, um, she is four years old just turned four in June. And then my little sweet Emma Joy. Uh, Emma was born in January. So uh, we're approaching six months, I guess. Holy cow. Yeah, we, she's she's over six months old. That's crazy. Wow. <laughs> but um, we have just a, an amazing family. God's really blessed us, healthy. Um, just uh, we love each other and uh, wouldn't have it any other way. So um, yeah, so I, I guess as far as my you know, testimony, I think really, you know, I grew up in church and, um, my parents were pastors. And as long as I can remember either a youth pastor or senior pastors of a church and back in 96, uh, they really heard from the Lord and took the biggest leap of faith that we had uh, taken as a family and moved out to California Wow! and, uh, to pastor 12 people. And, um, <laughs> 
And so I really got to see firsthand uh, what it meant like to dream, dream big, um, and uh, kind of go against the odds a little bit. And the, the church was just in a really bad spot. Um, a lot of strife and division in the church and just not have a good you know, reputation in the community. And I just watched my parents go in and love the community well. And, um, and I've always said this, I feel like a church, the mark of a good church is if you were to remove that body from the city and the city feels it. Wow. And I can say that from, from experience of what I, you know, I lived in, uh, in California um, if you remove Living Word Fellowship, uh, the, the church my parents are still pastors at, from Dinuba, that city would feel it, and, and you, you would see the results of that. So um, that was my upbringing. I was so uh, happy to, to be brought up in that. Um, had a lot of ministries come through, Nigel McNeil, our, our papa in the faith, and uh, Dale Gentry, and right. uh, lots of folks. And that's how we actually are connected to the Mooring family. And um, so it's, it's been, it, it was great being out there, but about three years ago, uh, I was actually in full-time ministry, um, as a youth pastor for my dad and mom out there. And, um, we just, my wife and I, we had swore that we would never move. Uh, I knew what it was like to, to not live around family. And, um, I just said, I, I'm not going to do that to my kids. I'm not going to do that to my family. Not that I was not that I was upset about it. I just knew how much family meant to my wife and how sure. much it meant to me. And I just didn't want that for my kids. I wanted them to live by their grandparents and all that good stuff. But the Lord just kept pulling our heart that a shift was coming. And we didn't know what that looked like or what that meant. And so um, long story made very short. Um, we had kind of been approached in, in a roundabout way by not really approached. It was a mutual it was just kind of weird how it happened, but um, Jack and Whitney Mooring were uh, senior pastors of a church in Franklin, Tennessee, and uh, Casey and I had just been praying and really felt like we needed to pursue uh, the youth pastor position at their church, and so um, we did so and made the move, which was just, there's so many little miracles within that uh, within that story, but we moved here about two and a half years ago um, to the Nashville area. And um, so I went from serving uh, mom and dad to serving Jack and Whitney. And I just really felt like one of the things I was, I was to do on, on my assignment there was to be an instrument of encouragement wow. to Jack and Whitney. And mm -hmm. I didn't quite understand what that meant, um, but it really kind of unfolded. And, and, you know, you know, sometimes you think that you're going to serve somebody else, but really um, God's just preparing you for a season. Sure. Um, and uh, so there's been so many of those little little moments in my life that I feel like right now I'm I'm living in a moment that previous seasons have prepared me for. Wow. But um, so back in April of 2016, uh, we were actually I was calling it my roots tour. Uh, we went out to um, Azusa now out in California, which was amazing. Uh, we were able to to just be around some some amazing people and really see God moving away and start something in our nation, um, just celebrating what He did uh, at the Azusa Street Revival and and um, and then after that we went up to I drove up to uh, Dinuba where my folks were at and um, spent a couple of days with them and Nigel McNeil was there 
and then flew to Houston right after that to a conference there at Celebration of Life. And, um, and through all of that, God just did an amazing thing in my life, um, actually through a word that you spoke over me, the Lord gave you. And um, we had not really previously met, I think just kind of small talk in a couple of places. Um, but it was one of those words that completely changed everything for me. Um, I've, I've, been, I've been given a lot of, had a lot of words spoken over me. But this one marked me in a way, and I think more than anything, because I knew that I knew that it was a now word and not a future word. It was something that I was wrestling with internally, and uh, and it really kind of propelled me and launched me into uh, my calling. Um, And and what I I genuinely believe is that. And so I just want to highlight a couple of points from that word. Um, You know, first off, you, you started off by saying, uh, you said something about you makes me want to be closer to Jesus. And you said, it's not always what people say, but in essence, the way that they make you feel and, and, and feeling the, the presence of God whenever you're around them. And um, what you didn't know is that I was feeling so discouraged uh, at that point. I, I had just let some things get to me. You know, sometimes life happens and sure. we, we can't avoid some things, you know, I mean, it's, it's not, this isn't, especially being a, a believer is not all roses. It's yeah. uh, you go through some trials, you go through some things. And I wasn't liking the way some, some things that were spoken to me or, or whatever it might've been. <clears throat> I wasn't liking the way that I was reacting to it, but I still just, it, it was hurting me in a way that I, that I shouldn't have let it get to me that way. Yeah. But nonetheless, it, it was there. Um, and one of those things was, I struggle with, I say words wrong all the time, and it's hilarious. My dad does it. I kind of got it from him. I'll, I'll mispronounce things, and, and, you know, and we all get a good laugh out of it. But at the same time, I was coming to the, the you know, belt buckle of the Bible belt, you know, uh, in, in Nashville. And I just was really afraid that I was going to say something wrong. Um, <laughs> just theologically, whatever it might've been. And I was just super intimidated and a couple people had made some comments and different things. And I was so, I I had actually just had a conversation on the way to that session with my mom saying, mom, I feel my mom had come with me to that conference from California. And I said, mom, I feel so discouraged. I don't even like preaching anymore. I said, because I just feel like whenever I get up there, you know, that people are just watching and waiting to like pounce on me saying something wrong. And, and it just, it was messing me up. And so by saying that something, something about you makes me want to be closer to Jesus, not always what people say, it's the way they make you feel. That was just kind of an encouragement, you know, pass some insecurity and open the door for the rest of the word. And um, you called out, uh, you know, some things that I felt passionate about. and, And that was, thriving in two streams. You said you're a this and a that, a business and ministry. And uh, I have always been fascinated with business and, and just really felt like that was such a part of me. And that, uh, and being in ministry, there was that, the, the business part of me that almost felt like the, the, it was water and oil. You couldn't mix right, it. Right. And, uh, sure. and it was just a part of me just was crushed inside because I, you know, probably arrogance, in pride, but you know, in my first year in college, first two years, I had uh, 
I was walking around and telling people, hey, might as well get my autograph now because I'll be a millionaire by the time I'm 30. <laughs> and um, and just kind of laughing about it. And of course, you know, I, I just turned 30 and I'm not a millionaire, but you will um, be soon. Amen. I, hey, I received that word. <laughs> but it it, um, it was definitely it was definitely a part of me that I just wanted to thrive and build something in business. And and um, uh, you had said you're you're a builder and you said, I don't know if it's building houses or and I just kind of chuckled inside because I've always been fascinated with real estate and building and uh, watched my heard stories of my grandfather who had a 10th grade education, uh, who was a full time firefighter and did a whole jack of all trades, basically. And um, he would go and figure out, you know, these creative ways for financing and buy these huge homes and turn them into apartments. Wow. And he built basically a, you know, a great retirement plan in real estate and uh, left my grandmother when he passed away about five years ago and left her in a very, very good position wow. and provided for her with a 10th grade education. And um, so I, I, I just was fascinated with that. I was fascinated with the stories of what happened, uh, you know, our church in, in California bought 10 acres for 88,000. And uh, like, again, a very long story made short. Um, the Lord really released them to explore selling the land and the original offer of $1 million that somebody offered them turned into $2.3 million um, with, with the Lord giving creative ideas for zoning and different things. Wow. So I saw God's blessing in that. I saw how you can make an investment in something in real estate and sit on it for a while or just play the market some, one way or another. And it can, it can make you a ton of money Right. and, um, and anybody can get into it, you know? And so I've always been just intrigued by that. Dale Gentry has given me two words that stuck out to me over the last few years as a youth pastor. He said, Kyle, you're a builder, you're a builder. And so that just connected with the word that you had spoken over me. But um, you said business would be very successful, millions of dollars, but the ministry would be just as successful I felt like in going and pursuing business ventures that I would be betraying the call of ministry on sure. my life. A lot of people. And have. yeah, and I, I didn't know how that would work. I, di I didn't understand how that would work. And so, and, and a lot of that, I think we do a disservice to um, young people a lot of times in the body of Christ. I mean, there, I know there's some denominations that even at, at summer camps, they'll, they'll have, they'll keep tallies of, um, salvations they'll keep tallies of salvations baptism in the holy spirit and calls to full-time ministry and i just believe that we kind of do a disservice by making kind of the pinnacle of our of our faith um being called into full-time vocational yeah ministry. i totally agree we're all called I, into full-time ministry no matter where we're at absolutely I, you know the minute we say yes to jesus we're in full-time ministry even if we're That's doctor right. lawyer builder you know we are the gospel and you're so right when you make the five-fold ministry our full-time full-time ministry in the sense of that's what you do for a living the only the pinnacle of life you know the pinnacle of life is doing the will of god that's right and for that's everybody right. that might look a little different yeah Absolutely. So I, that, that, and, and kind of holding on to that has helped me sift through because it is, it has been an emotional process over the last uh, year to transition from, you know, vocational church position to uh, full-time in real estate. 
and kind of at times felt a little in, embarrassed and, and just wondered like, what, what are my former students thinking of me? Do they think that I'm, you know, quote, selling out? And, and, uh, and that hasn't been the case, just little whispers and lies of the enemy, you know, but um, it's been, it's been quite a journey, but uh, you also, you know, prophesied that, you know, I'd be part of the greatest revival and awakening in Nashville and, and that God strategically placed us in Nashville and, you know, with that season coming to an end, uh, at that time, I didn't realize it was coming to an end as quickly as it was um, at, at New River Fellowship, where we were at. Um, I was kind of wrestling with, God, why did you bring us here? Yeah. We love it here. Why did you bring us to Nashville? I don't understand. Uh, we know that we know that we know that we heard from you. But yet it looks like this season might be coming to an end. And, and you know, I don't feel like we accomplished what I thought we would accomplish, you know. So fast forward a little bit um, in the next month, I just decided my wife had told me, Kyle, you need to just go ahead and do this. And I'd fought it for so long, but I decided to go ahead and um, start start the process of getting my real estate license in May. And um, I would drive around neighborhoods and dream. I would go in and drive into neighborhoods and just look at these houses and dream of what it would be like to um, to buy a house or sell that house or renovate that house or build that house, whatever it might have been. And um, I didn't even realize, realize it at the time, but one of the things that Dale Gentry that just always stuck out to me is he, he would always tell the story of how he was called and he, he knew that he was called to, to speak to the nations. Yes. And in um, and, and part of the preparation process, he would pack a suitcase and, and go and just sit in airport terminals. You know, this is obviously pre 9-11, but, you know, you would just go and and sit in airports and um, and just prepare of what it would feel like, visualizing what it would be like to walk in that and, and to do what he was called to do. And so I would do that and drive through neighborhoods. And, and so the following month in June of 2017, we found out that Jack and Whitney uh, were resigning um, from from uh, uh, New River Fellowship, that they were being called back to Houston for a season. And so the following month, you know, we felt the entire time that we were called to serve Jack and Whitney. Um, and so we prayed and we just really felt that our season was coming to an end as well. And so we resigned uh, from the church in July of 2016. And I just want to insert this. We, I just want to honor those elders at that church. They were amazing. Um, I shared my heart with them. They did something that I wasn't expecting at all and just told me, Kyle, you finish up getting your license, that process. We're going to continue to pay you. Just continue to have your youth services for a month. Stick with us for, for a month and, uh, and we'll take good care of you. And they honored that. Wow. And um, I was just incredibly blessed by that. That really helped propel us into a season, but uh, you know, of, of me going into full-time real estate um, fast forward a little bit, September of 2016, I had finished up all of my stuff and I started with Keller Williams, which was a miracle in and of itself. Um, just because I had interviewed with a bunch of different companies and this was the last one and I was kind of doing it just to appease my wife. She told me I needed to go. Um, she <laughs> sounds a whole lot like the Holy spirit. And so it's, it's pretty funny. Um, I went and it was such a, a God moment. I actually, sat down across from man a man named Joey Haley who's the team lead at, at our market center there and um just began to he just spoke life over me and you know just identified some gifts in me and just honestly started 
prophesying as well. He said, Kyle, he said, listen to me, son. He said, you're gifted in real estate. I can tell you right now just by talking with you and some of the things that you've been saying. He said, but your gifting is one thing and that'll create success. Your gifting coupled with the Holy Spirit speaking to you will make you an unstoppable force in real wow, estate wow, and lead you so across. Good. Isn't that so good? And, and so it was just a confirming thing, you know, so I, I had gotten uh, plugged in there in, sep- in September and, um, you know, it was, it was one of those things where it was a slow process. I didn't realize that I needed to be on, on a journey for healing and encouragement. Um, and I had just been kind of beat up. The last three years had been pretty rough uh, with Casey and I, which was weird because we were in such a great sh- spot and we loved where we lived and we, and we loved the Nashville area, but we just, we didn't understand some things and, and we were kind of sifting through some stuff and just trying to f- kind of find some traction. And, um, he, Joey had called me in a couple of times to speak with him. And just started saying, Kyle, you need, you need to let go of some things. It had nothing to do with real estate. It was, he just began to pastor me and love on me. And, uh, and so he began to set some goals for me and speak some, he always called me his $10 million man. Uh, $10 million wow. in volume is, is a, is, I mean, he called me that from day one, that's $300,000 in a year, you know, for $10 million. And, and it was just, it, he kept speaking that over me and I just kind of rolled my eyes a little bit and he said, no, that's you, Kyle. And so I had what I considered a lofty one-year goal of making 1.8 million. And I'm sorry, not making, that would be awesome. That's going to happen one day, but having $1.8 million in real estate volume. And that was so lofty to me. I didn't think that I was going to be able to reach that. Well, I had my first transaction on December 29th of 2016. And by March of 2017, I had already surpassed that 1.8 and now I'm projected to do a little over $6 million in my very first year of real estate. So literally over three times what I had considered a lofty goal. And it has been a series of just divine appointments. Um, I've found myself with less than a year of experience sitting down with, uh, you know, a VP of a vice president of a bank who is, in charge of asset management for high end clients. Yeah. Um, which was just crazy. I'm like, what am I doing here? Um, I've been involved in, and, um, you know, selling a house for a couple that I didn't realize we're getting a divorce and praying over them. She bought a house with me after that and, uh, moved in with her boyfriend. And I was just heartbroken and wrestling with, do I represent her? I don't understand. Like, I, I don't know. And I just really felt like God was telling me you, your job is to love my job is to convict. Yeah. And so I just can continue to love on her and speak life over her. She called me last week and, um, she said, Kyle, I, I need to sell my house. I I'm not living right. I'm living in sin. The Holy spirit's been convicting me. She said, I need some help. And I was able to counsel her through that process. <laughs> put the house that she just bought in March back on the market and um, praying for reconciliation with her husband and just awesome opportunities like that. You know know, what, Kyle? To love on people. It's amazing to me to sit here and hear this story uh, and this testimony of God taking you in uncharted waters. You know, uh, he moved you to Nashville and you served, uh, from my perspective, hearing Jack and Whitney talk, you served Jack and Whitney, you and your wife, you and Casey served Jack and Whitney 
with such love and such honor. And you served your mom and dad with such love. You serve everybody. There's a humility about you, a meekness about you that really, really blesses me. And, you know, beyond me, it blesses the Lord. And I believe that's why you're going to be so extremely, continue to be extremely successful because people want to bless people like you. And, uh, you know, the, the gospel is best demonstrated through our love. The gospel yeah. is best demonstrated through our acts of service. And, you know, what we say is great. But what we do is even greater. So, and I want to, I want to say this. I, I think before we go to the song and then come back here, I, you were literally the Southeast Region Rookie of the Year for 2017. No, that's, that's something that I am, I am on pace to potentially do. Um, okay. That's a goal of mine. Um, if if things continue the way, I definitely have a shot at it. But it was just out of nowhere. Uh, that's so awesome. <laughs> and you're in the process of hiring agents for 2018 and you're starting yeah, so vlogs and, and, and pitching and basically teaching. You have such a gift for remodeling and building and training. We're going to take a break, uh, and have a song here, uh, a time of worship. And then we're going to come back and talk about the qualities of, of literally building and, um, uh, of, uh, when you're building your circle, the quality of people that you want around your circle. So let, let's take a break with this song and we'll be right back.
Kyle Wallace, really, I feel like he's a son to me, even though uh, we've known their family for many, many years, but they were mm-hmm. little boys when we first started knowing their family. And we've, in the last few years, I've got to know Kyle and Casey really well. We've been talking about building your circle and I love, love Kyle and Casey's testimony about how they're moving in two streams, that God is using him to build a business and he's has a real heart for ministry, him and Casey both. They just love the Lord and they're raising a beautiful family. But let's talk about the five qualities of people in your circle. When you're building your circle, what do you want to look for, Kyle? Let's talk about that. Yeah, well, this this concept of building a circle uh, has been something where, you know, some recent themes in my life have just been encouragement, unity, and uh, execution of dreams. And I just feel like, um, you know, we, we can't do those things on our own. Uh, one, it takes absolutely it takes the Lord to to lead, guide, and direct us. Uh, but I, I believe that there's such an importance placed on community, right? And uh, and building a network of you know network is such a great term that's used in the business world, right? Um, not so much in the church. It's community in the church, but it's both. It's it's community doing life with other people. Um, and so that's kind of this this theme of building your circle. What God has really done in in our life. Um, what is your circle? I, I just put, you know, people are strategically placed in your life to propel you into your calling. Yes. And uh, five qualities that I have just been really focusing on, on who I let into my circle. And I want to say this too, with building your circle, it's not all about you. It's not all about, all about Kyle. You know, it is, I, it, it's almost this picture. And I kind of drew this out in, in my, my journal that I was writing these notes and I, you know, I had it circles and all the circles are just kind of overlapping each other and carrying over into each other's because while you might be the center of your circle and having people around you kind of cheering you on for, for the dreams and, and the calling that God has placed on your life, there's a responsibility we have as believers to be that exact same thing that we're looking for to others. Wow. And not just you, one other, you but hit, everybody. You, you hit a nail on the head. That's what keeps you from being narcissistic. That's right. You That's know, because right. in the quest for success, and and I really think that God wants us to be more than successful. He wants us to be significant. Yeah, absolutely. But in the quest for success, it is so easy to literally become the circle in the center of your world and only having people in your circle that benefit you, which is important when you're trying to change mindsets and you're trying to begin to walk and the true true identity of who you're called, because many times we've believed lies and those have to be weeded out of our lives. So I get it. I get it. I'm with you. I'm tracking with you. But it, yeah. you, you hit a nail on the head. We have a responsibility to not only use wisdom in who surrounds us and builds our works with us with the Holy Spirit, but we have a responsibility to give that back. And the stronger Amen. we get, the more we want to give back. That's so good, Kyle. So good. Yeah. Thank you. The, the five, five qualities, we'll I'll just kind of jump into that. The five qualities of people in your circle. The first one I have down is people who hear and speak. And, um, you know, with that, they, that they hear the voice of the Lord and that they speak both the word and words of life over you. Uh, you know, when we're truly hearing from the Lord, I think that um, we begin to practice what he says. And when that's happening, either through through just audibly hearing the voice of God, hearing the voice of God through through his word, um, all of a sudden we become imitators of what we hear. 
and his voice is literally infused in our words, in our actions. And so that's so important to surround yourself with people. You know, John 10 says, you know, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And, and I think that that is, it's, it's just so important that we are hearers and and that the people that you surround yourself with really know uh, to hear the, you know, the voice of God. The second thing was, you know, we need people in our life and in our circle that identify your calling and more than your calling. uh, I'm sorry, more, more than your past, you know, they identify your calling and not your past. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's real important. Yes. I, I, um, Acts chapter 9, this chapter has kind of rocked my world over the last year. Uh, Chris Valentin, I heard a, a message that he did on this, and this has just kind of become an anthem in my life. You know, we have Saul here on his conversion experience where he is, you know, on a three-day encounter with the Lord, and the Lord audibly speaks to him, and he, he's receiving revelation of who Jesus is. And he goes from persecuting Christians to you know, to, to writing two thirds of the new Testament and that journey. And I, and I just, I look at some of these small moments in Acts chapter nine and, you know, one of them being Ananias, you know, uh, in, in uh, 17 and 18 in chapter nine, um, you know, Ananias, well, prior to that, Ananias, um, hears from the Lord and tells him to go to a street called straight and inquire the house of Judah for one called Saul Tarsus, uh, because he's praying for him, you know, he's, he's praying and he's just, He's looking for some answers. He's blind. And so Ananias kind of goes back and forth with God and like, hey, well, don't you know who this guy is? He's been persecuting Christians. Why are you asking me to go to him? And I love this in verse 17. It says, and Ananias went his way and entered the house and laying his hand on him, he said, brother Saul. Yeah. Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you came has sent me to your, uh, sent me, sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. He identified him, his first words to him were brother Saul. He identified who he was in Jesus rather than his past. Yep, yep. He yep, already yep. wrestled with that. But in spending time with the Lord, he, he identified that. But the one that really rocks my world is Barnabas. And uh, we, we see in uh, verse 26 and 27, it says, and when Saul had come to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him and did not believe that he was a disciple. Natural instinct. This guy is killing, killing and, and persecuting these Christians. And these are kind of the core of people that he should be able to go to and find comfort in, but they're terrified of him. But the, this, these next two words in verse 27, but Barnabas. I want to be a but Barnabas. Yes. <laughs> I want, I want in people's life. I want, I want it to be, but Kyle. Yes. There's been, you know, Joey Haley was a, but Joey, Joey came in and spoke life over me. My parents at times have been, but Mark and Tammy Wallace, but Jack Mooring, but yes. Callie, Pastor Callie. Yes. Yes. There's, there's all these times where we're at these, this fork in the road and we never realize how big our butt can be in somebody's life. That's exactly. And we want that. <laughs> we want, we you, want big Kyle butts Wallace. in the kingdom. Come on. Yes, I yes. like big butts. Yeah, I want to be a big butt for <laughs> somebody right. in the kingdom. We want to be that person that speaks life yes. into who people are created to be from the foundation of the earth. Yes, but Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared to them how he had seen the Lord on the road and that he had spoken to him and yes. how he has preached boldly at Damascus the name of Jesus. 
again, identifying the calling on somebody's life and not their past. That's not so their good. flaws, not the little things. It's, it's such an important thing. And so, um, you know, that one, that one has rocked my world. I think that is so big um, that somebody, and of course it goes in sequence there that they hear and speak the word of the Lord. But in that, through that, they identify your calling and they yes. see you as Jesus sees you, yes. not as your past sees you, not yeah. as the world sees you. Yeah. The third thing is, is more of a practical thing to me, that they're engineers of dreams and not killers of dreams. Um, I'm, I'm fascinated and I, I love doing studying on how somebody has a dream. I, you know, I think dreamers um, are a lot more common than we think executors of dreamers um, in, in terms of the good form of execution, uh, engineers of those dreams are the things that are less common. Right. And I want to surround myself with people who have a dream and put legs to that dream, right. you know? And so that's really important to me, uh, you know, that speak life over that Proverbs eighteen twenty one classic verse, that death and life is in the power of the tongue. And I want somebody who's breathing life, speaking life and helping me identify ways to fulfill the dreams that God has placed inside of me. That's so awesome. The fourth thing is accountability bathed in encouragement. Again, Barnabas was the son of encouragement. That's what he was known as. You know, I I just, I look at that and that has, I I think that just screams love to me. Accountability bathed in encouragement. Accountability, you know, I heard this from Chris Vallotton in a message that he was sharing. It said, what, he, he said this, he said, what if accountability has less to do with telling someone what they do, are doing wrong and more to do with giving an account for one's ability. And I look at that and if we surround ourselves with that, then when somebody says no to something, we trust that voice. We trust that them saying no is actually them saying yes to the calling yes. that God has on our life. Yes. It's, it's a protecting voice. That's what accountability is. It's not a power trip, you know? And so um, that that's just really big to me. Accountability, bathe in encouragement. And the fifth and final thing, and this is this is so important. This is just kind of one of those foundational pieces of our faith is people who live in gratitude and awe of the goodness of our God. Um, you know, Psalm Psalm 100, verse four talks about entering His gates with thanksgiving. You know, and I just I think of that any season, any trial, any victory, the good and the bad. You know, Psalm 27, one says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. You know, and we're declaring that in every single season. Um, you know, James 1, 17, every good gift and perfect, perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father yes. of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. I, I love the goodness of my God. And circumstances can look so grim. You know, that's one one thing in real estate. I've had, I've had some amazing success stories, but I've also been on the verge of, of wanting to throw in the towel a couple of times. Sure. And, uh, I mean, I, I literally, I've literally had, um, in the last probably six months, I've had between different transactions, about $60,000 fall in, in, uh, in commissions just kind of fall away and, and fall through. And that's just a part of the business. If if I'm not focusing on being grateful and gratitude and, and just being in awe of the goodness of my God, those things could easily cause you to stumble. Yes. And to fall away from, you know, and give up, throw in the towel. And so when you have other people 
that are living in gratitude and in all of the goodness of God, it helps encourage you. Um, there's been times, and my wife, I, my wife is amazing. I love my wife with She's all of amazing. my heart. I'm, I'm so in love with her. And I, you know, it's, it, it sounds so cliche, but every single day I just more and more of myself just kind of melts away and, and just the walls keep coming down and, and I just fall more and more in love with her. And because she speaks life over me, she has seen me through the best and the worst. And there are times where I'll come in and she said, you look a little rough. And I said, yeah, I feel like I got rolled down a hill today. It's been just <laughs> such an emotional roller coaster with clients and they want to back out of a contract and then there's mold under the house and you know what do you do and this and that and and um she is such a reminder of the goodness of god and uh she said she'll say kyle you're called to this and you know you're called to this you're good at this and god has equipped you for this season and don't give up you know and she's just always wow. a voice of encouragement wow. in the office when i go in it's the same thing it's just it's such a powerful thing it's amazing. It is so amazing to watch your journey unfold. And I just believe there's a lot of people here that are listening to us today, Kyle, that are saying, you know, I feel like I'm supposed to do something that's different. I feel like I'm called into this sphere or to that sphere. And I've been afraid to try, but I'm just going to pray right now. Lord, I just declare in Jesus name that the men and women that are listening to this broadcast today, as you're leading them, that they will have the courage just like Peter did when Jesus said, come to me on the water. Jesus said, come on, Peter, step on out. Put your foot out on what appears to be impossible. <laughs> and yeah. I am going to show you my goodness and my power. All I want you to do is use your faith. Just trust me. He never promised that it would be perfect. He promised we would persevere. He promised, he didn't promise that we wouldn't have times that our faith would be tested, but he promised that we would have victory. And Lord, I just thank you that we are in a place where we are having victory. We are stepping out. We're living that exciting, adventurous life called following you, Lord, knowing that you're going to take us on the most amazing journey. And I'm so thankful for what Kyle and Casey are doing. I'm so thankful for what you're doing in their lives. I'm so thankful for your, for your work in their lives and how you've just blessed them. We're going to have another song, and then we're going to wrap up this uh, segment of Building Your Circle. So I'm so excited about what God's doing. We'll be right back. soon. 
Having Kyle Wallace today has been such a faith builder for me, and he's talked, he's given his testimony and talked about building your circle, and the five things he just taught us was, first of all, surround yourself with people who hear and speak the voice of the Lord, that are speaking uh, and practicing, uh, encouraging you uh, toward following the, the dreams that God's put in your heart. He's also saying... Put people around you that identify with your calling, not with your past. So important because all of us have a past, but we are called to what we're called to. And our past has nothing to do with who we are right now. And then he talked about engineers of dreams and killers of dreams. And, you know, death and life are in the power of the tongue. So begin to speak positive, speak the word of God, begin to build 
your dream and put people around you that are that that speak life over you. And then I love this because I think this is such a key to just living a happy life as well as a successful life. People who live in gratitude and in all the goodness of God. Get up every morning and just before as you're having time with Jesus, write down five things you are thankful for. You talking about a mood changer? You talking about a mood stabilizer? That's better than any antidepressant on the market. So, um, Kyle, I want to ask you really quickly to just pray for the listeners, the radio listeners here at BPN Radio. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. Father, I just thank you so much for uh, every single person that's listening. God, I thank you that you called them by name, that before they were informed in their mother's womb, or that you had a plan and a purpose for their life. Um, that there's no such thing as an accident in the kingdom of God. And, and so, Lord, I just pray an encouragement um, to each and every person listening. Uh, Lord, I pray that if somebody is is wrestling uh, with kind of life decisions, uh, Lord, that they would just abide in your presence. Uh, Psalms 91.1, he who dwells in the secret place yes. of the Most High. Lord, I just pray that over over each and every person, Lord, listening, that, yes. that we would just be people that would abide in yes. your presence, God. Uh, and, and in that, Lord, that we would find direction and clarity and that peace that passes all understanding, God, that we could be in the middle of a storm. We could be in the middle of uh, complete chaos, but we still have the peace of God in our life. And, yeah. and and so, Lord, I just pray for that right now. I pray that you are surrounding your people you. with other believers. God, that you, you are building such a unity in the body of Christ. Lord, that you're bringing, you're bringing Barnabases to people's life when they need encouragement. Lord, you're developing that Barnabas inside of us where we're encouraging others, Lord, and, and that we're celebrating others' successes, Lord, yes. and we're mourning with those who are mourning, and, and we're weeping with those that are weeping, Lord, but we are celebrating the goodness of God no matter what the season is. And so, Lord, I just, again, I just pray for an encouragement for each and every person uh, listening um, Lord, if they're wrestling with entering into a new season, Lord, if you say go, Lord, that we would go. Uh, and, and if you say, hey, hit the brakes, that we would do that too, yes. Lord, that we would just, we would be so in tune with what you want for us. Because it's not about us. It's about you. It's about it's about winning the lost and making disciples. It's about yes. uh, seeing heaven on earth, Lord. Yes. It's about seeing the gifts of the Spirit in full operation in your church again, Lord, and, and in this nation. I, I, I just pray that over each and every person, Lord, that whatever capacity they might, uh, you know, feel called to, whether it be uh, in, in real estate and in the medical field and in the ministry, you know, whatever it might be, Lord, that, that we would see heaven on earth and we would take our place on that wall. And uh, and just be watching on the wall, Lord, and, and just fight and contend for revival in this nation. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, I just thank you for Kyle and Casey and Wallace and their beautiful family. I thank you for Kyle's obedience to follow your voice, Lord, and his faith and, and him and Casey. They just have so much faith, and we just honor them today. I honor them. I honor their obedience. I honor their life. And I just thank you for what you're doing in their lives. I honor their mom and dad um, in Dinuma, California. I just pray the blessing yes. of God over them and over his brothers. I just thank you, God, that all is well in all of their family. I thank you for what they're doing mm -hmm. for the gospel. Lord, I just pray that as people are listening today, as my brothers and sisters are listening today, that they would recognize that good is the enemy 
to God <laughs> and that good decisions that are not God decisions are still yeah. profane. And many yeah. times we look at profane as just sinful things, you know, like maybe fornication or adultery or lying or cheating or whatever. But really profane is disobedience to God. Yes. And God, I just pray that you open our eyes. And I said our eyes to really making a decision that we are going to do do what you say, Lord, in every instance of our life, whether it be our business or our children, or our relationships, God, we're going to, we're going to follow your lead and we're going to do the God thing. We're going to make the God decision, not the profane decision. And, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to lose my blessing over a bowl of beans. That's right. I don't want to lose my legacy over one decision, one profane decision. And I just thank you for the redemption that is that you have showed me and the love and the mercy that you've actually extended to me through my lifetime. And I just declare that no matter where you find yourself, that God is, he is in a redeeming mood and he is in a loving mood and he is in a, he is a second chance God. He's a third chance God. He's, he's, he's the, he's the God of the underdog and he wants to take you and make you the top dog. And I just declare the blessing of the Lord over everyone that's listening today. And I pray God, your wisdom and strength. Where can we find you? Um, if we wanted to find you, if I wanted to come to Nashville and, and have you help me buy a house or find your vlogs, where can I find that? Yeah. So, uh, we, you can, Find me on Instagram at wallace.group. Okay. Um, that's our, you know, we, we just kind of launched that. So it's it's a little light, but um, we're, we're getting there. Uh, also, my Instagram is Kyle Wallace, all one word. Um, but my email is Kyle Wallace, all one word, lowercase, at kw.com. Okay. And uh, the vlogs have not launched yet. We're going to be uh, launching those. I'm actually doing a, a really awesome renovation project. Um, for a client and we're going to be documenting that. So probably here in the next couple of months, we'll be launching those, but okay. we just want those to be just for people to, to watch and have fun and enjoy and okay. just kind of see a little bit of what we do. That's so exciting. I just declare the blessing of the Lord. I pray blessing on every radio listener in BPN today. I just want you to dream and I just prophesy you're going to begin to walk out your dreams and, and, and really step out by faith. And every step you make by faith, God is going to meet you there with supernatural provision. We bless you and we'll see you next week. For the past hour, you've been listening to the Warriors Watch with Pastor Callie Hargraves as your host. For more information concerning this program, go to bpnradio.com.